Hello and welcome to the Mercenary Star Podcast. We are a Battletech podcast covering the storied mercenary units in the Battletech universe. My name is Seth, also known as White Fox, and I'm your host. And today I am joined by a very special guest, acclaimed Battletech author, Jason Hanza. Jason, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. And thank you for agreeing to come on uh, to the podcast today. We are going to talk about a special mercenary unit today. Uh, we are in episode 13, and we're going to be covering these. Yeah, lucky 13. Uh, oh, my gosh. I just realized, too, that um, that's going to be a big number in two days during the Super Bowl. So um, if you know, you know. But... Uh, <laughs> Some people put a lot of weight in the number 13, uh, but that's okay. Uh, but it's 13. We're covering the Screaming Eagles, uh, which is a unit that has been around forever in all the source books. But we are fortunate today to talk to Jason because he is bringing us our first fiction for the Screaming Eagles. And we're going to get into that. But first, Jason, give me a brief snippet of how you got into Battletech. Uh, briefly, it's my uh, best friends were a year older than me. So I was in eighth grade. So this would be about 1987. And they were in high school. They, you know, they were a year ahead of me. And they came back one day, you know, because we, we're still getting together. And they're like, hey, we learned this cool game. You want to play? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, it's got big robots shooting each other. I'm like, yes. Who doesn't and like that? And that was it. Exactly. I mean, I was in, you know, so as a 13 year old, so I sat there and I started, you know, eating up as much of the lore as I could. And so, yeah, from there, I mean, I got the original Merck's handbook and nice. the original uh, Nord's regulars, the one with, you know, Joshua and Rhonda on the cover. Yeah. And I read them over and over. Uh, Tiro 3025. Like, I, I was picking up the lore parts before I finally got a copy of the rules, you know, before I, and at that time it was the, uh, the rules of war the one with the atlas on it and i actually didn't have oh, a yeah. box set in like third or fourth edition you know i never, <laughs> I never had a second edition box set it was yeah. because battletech is play with you with what you want so we're sitting there using pennies and lego men and you know that's awesome that's awesome yeah and so then that was it you know just kept reading it you know picking up the books the pick up the my first novels were the warrior not the warrior trilogy but the clan invasion trilogy oh, so, okay yeah Everybody who knows the character from the first books, they're like, oh, this is so neat. And for me, I'm like, who are all these people? But <laughs> Right. You're like, <laughs> they sound like some of the old people in the books that I read, right? <laughs> right. So uh, no. I knew who they were. And then I got the 20-year update and stuff like that. You know, yeah. So. yeah. Fun no, fact, I, I didn't I would... know the 20-year update was so early and that it was a 20-year update within the Battletech timeline so that everyone knew, oh, all these people – it's now 20 years further into the timeline. I didn't know that until recently. Uh, I just thought it was kind of like, you know, the, the 35 year anniversary stuff and you know, stuff like that. I thought it was like the 20 year update. No, no it was, it was big after the fourth succession war. Uh, then like Tiro 2750 came out, which is huge, you know, in our gaming yeah. circle. And this is of course before battle value. So you're just like, ah, would take two of these and three of those and see if it's a fair fight and it would never be by tonnage right you all we did it by tonnage yeah. uh and then bv yeah. came out and we were like what's this bv what's this weird yeah. you know <laughs> yeah when, so. when we set up those games in the, with the clan invasion yeah it's uh 
regular was one ton, Star League was 1.5, and uh, Clan was two. That was close enough. You know what I mean? We all sucked, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, it wasn't so far off to throw off the game, you know? Yeah, no, uh, it wasn't. We, we made it work. We made it balanced. And if it wasn't, we complained until we made it balanced. <laughs> so exactly. the loser complained, right? Uh, well, again, thank you for joining me today. Uh, we are super, super excited. I have already loved getting to talk to you ahead of uh, the recording, hitting the record button, but we'll talk, we'll, we'll bring some of that into our conversation here. But first, one thing that I am super excited about, and you may have noticed if you're watching this on YouTube or you saw the, the cover uh, for, you know, on social media, this is the world premiere <laughs> of the cover art for the new fiction that Jason has written uh, called A Skulk of Foxes. And it is a Screaming Eagles story. And um, so excited. Uh, it's not out yet. It's going to be coming out soon. Soon. TM, you know. <laughs> well, uh, well, once the art is done, you, you know, readers can assume that it's actually soon, soon, you know. Yes, like yes, that. absolutely, absolutely. Um and yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, you like you said earlier, you're you're finishing up just a few of your edits, right? Right, right. It still has to go to fact check, and then it'll come back to me for edits, and then from there, it should be kicked out the door. Amazing. So. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm super excited about that. So, um, it's uh, and I have been fortunate enough to get an early preview of it, and it's you all are gonna love it. It's going to be fantastic. Um, can't wait. Uh, we won't give spoilers. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I just, I obviously, there's sea foxes involved. It's right there on the cover. Um, there is, and then absolutely. The eagle, you know, which is, uh, I, I've been coy with what unit has been involved. You know, when people are like, I'm like, sea foxes in the Merc unit. And people are like, which one? I'm like, there's a kind. lot. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I'm, I'm so excited. The cover is fantastic. We're going to show it here in just a, a few minutes when we get to our presentation. Um, and like I said, if you saw the the thumbnail, it's part of it, but we'll see the full cover here in just a second. And then after we release the episode, it'll be fair game and, it, and it'll be out there. I'm sure Jason's uh, ready to kick it off and, and get it into all of y'all's hands. So, but uh, yeah, let's, let's get into our presentation and we will, uh, make sure but let me make sure that you're going to show up correctly in the presentation because you know we're professionals um here <laughs> <laughs> so let's see here let me make sure that this is also all right yep gotta move that slightly okay Beautiful. All right, let's let's get over to it. All right, so we are, if you are not watching on YouTube, you should definitely go check it out on YouTube right now. Give us a like and subscribe, but you don't want to miss the world premiere of the cover. And I just showed it off a little earlier than I meant to, but that's okay. Uh, there you go. You got You got the full preview for like, 10 seconds. <laughs> uh, all right. Now we're going to go into our discussion about it. So 
Uh, but we're going to talk about the Screaming Eagles. The Screaming Eagles are one of the mercenary units that can track their history all the way back to the Star League. Um, and so they were founded in 2750 as the 250th Battle Mech Division, part of the 58th Corps 7th Army, um, and I believe they were in the uh, Capellan Confederation region. Um, they, they were. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then they transferred from that. They, they basically fought in the Periphery Rebellion. They fought with uh, Alexander Kerensky when he retook Terra. And uh, where were they when they retook Terra? I think you said which campaign Singapore. was it? Singapore campaign. Singapore campaign, yeah. Awesome. Playing at home. Yes. Uh, and their, their commanding officer at the time was Major General Samuel Castile uh, from 2759 to 2764. In 2764, that was um, when the Exodus happened, if I am not mistaken. I believe so. If it's not, me. someone will correct us in the comments. But uh, exactly. we're going to say that. You might just uh, say that he's like the last known commander. Yeah. Yes, yes, that might be the last known. But whenever uh, General Krinsky went uh, into Operation Exodus, they chose to stay behind and um, so formed the mercenary. The, yes. The, division, the Screaming Eagles stayed behind. The division left. Yes, yes. Um, and then even there was one battalion from the Screaming Eagles that joined the uh, Armed Forces of the Federated Sons directly. Yeah. So, but the, but the part of the unit that stayed behind... Uh, they became the stream, Screaming Eagles. Before that, they were nicknamed the Stalingrad Division during the uh, SLDF days. Uh, also, fun fact, Jason, many moons ahead of deciding to write a, a novel, a novella for the Screaming Eagles, did the write-up for the 7th Army. So, Yeah, yeah. That, uh, as I mentioned before, this, so when I started doing my research for this novella, yeah, I'm like, Major General Sam Castile. I'm like, Castile? Wait a second, I served with a Castile. And so, yeah, I looked up the F the FM, and sure enough, I wrote this unit. So I wrote That's the entire fun. 7th Army. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I actually really enjoyed this unit because I deliberately tucked something into this write-up because I was a, a huge uh, Centurion fan also when I was in high school, which is a fascinating okay. product. It was grand. Yeah. And one of their products, the 2nd Armored Cav Regiment, the 2nd ACR. And so I wrote into the, the description of the, two, the, the 250th that they had sucked up the second ACR. They absorbed them. So that way there's theoretically a chance that survivors of the second ACR managed to escape with Kerensky out to clan space. So, yeah, theoretically, it's, it, you know, the Brave Rifles are out there somewhere. Awesome. Awesome. No, that's yeah, that's so fantastic. Brave Rifles. That's the third. I'm sorry. The second, which is the uh, 2D3. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, good. But, yeah, no, uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and then also, too, as far as just kind of fun facts about them, uh, their paint scheme is just kind of the standard Star League colors, right? The olive drab green um, with – and then their logo, if you're watching the YouTube, is um, uh, eagle on um, – a diving eagle set on a blue and green background. So, right, they are not, and it's important to note that they are not the descendants of the U.S. Army's 101st Screaming Eagle Division. 
if good to know together good to know yes yep. totally separate yeah you know and people will go through the old merc handbook and there's a picture of like the old screaming eels insignia and they would think that they're connected they're not so okay I no that's it's good to know yeah uh but yeah that's um that's uh part of their stuff now we're going to get into the fiction uh and talk about their unit summary but uh from now on even though i flashed it earlier you'll get to see the cover so check it out this is the amazing cover for a skulk of foxes by jason hanza uh jason who did the cover art i don't know i honestly don't know okay I did because it's <laughs> phenomenal it's that's it's, okay we'll get credit and we'll credit uh the, the the artist for it when once we know that uh probably in the show notes or i'm sure jason will credit yeah. it online later but uh yeah, as the cover shows uh it is a screaming eagles uh king crab uh standing you know in some sort of base in the rain uh, for those listening on the podcast, uh, shooting off, um, shooting off its, its, you know, all of its weapons. And we do get a sea Fox logo in the bottom. Uh, this is the fortunes of war number three. And so, yeah, it's, uh, I am, I'm honestly loving the, all the mercenary fiction coming out. Um, so this has been fantastic. But before yeah, we get too. into talking about the book just a little bit, um, beginning again with a summary, they were the 250th Battle Mech Division. The 555th and 56th were the ones that stayed with uh, in the Inner Sphere to become the uh, Screaming Eagles. Um, they suffered a lot during the Succession Wars. They were diminished greatly. They they did. Um, yeah, you know, five regiments stayed, according to uh, the first Succession War source book, and they list them all, and they've got amazing names. Let me go back to our little notes here. They really do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, i got to pull up it on the other, my other screen here. You can read them off if you want to. Um, yeah, so yeah, absolutely. So the they were the Bald Eagles the golden eagles, the storm eagles, the night eagles, and the snow eagles. Those are fantastic names. Fantastic names. Absolutely. Um, it, it breaks my heart. They're at like first brigade and second brigade now. <laughs> yes, I know. I think that those names need to make a return, uh, you know, for maybe the battalions or something. And we can, uh, you know, like, because that just screams like, please give me a different logo for each one. Let's have like a slightly different color variation for the paint scheme. Like we could go all in, you know, uh, absolutely. but I, I it's, fully imagine that the Eagle was different on every single regiment. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, so yes, someone out there start painting some screaming Eagles and, and, you know, <laughs> use one of these. Uh, we'll all, we would all love to see it. Uh, but yeah, now, now they've been reduced to, um, you know, just, uh, two, two well, regiments. Less. Well, yeah, less now, but, but after the second succession war, they reduced to two regiments and then they were two regiments right. Right. for the majority of their history as the screaming Eagles yes. after that. Um, and so, yeah, it, they were, they've been around the entire time. They survived up into the Ilkhan era, which we'll talk about in a second. 
But during the uh, fourth succession war, they they had a little trouble. A little trouble. They had a little trouble. Uh, do you want to talk about their Minor trouble? War Minor war yeah. criming, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, but you know what? It's like sometimes when you watch a terrible movie, it's the one that sticks in your brain. Like you'll, mm -hmm. you'll forget everything you watch on Netflix. One of the reasons that the Screaming Eagles stuck in my brain for 30 years, whatever it is, is because they kind of did a little war crimes. So They did. They did. Uh, yeah, so in New Canton, during the four succession wars, the, the second brigade got frustrated by a compelling unit. I believe it's the 4th Reserve Cavalry. Um, let, me, let me make sure I pull that up right. Anyways, so, and when they finally caught them, the colonel, Colonel Matthias, I believe his name is, he sat there and ordered his mech warriors to weld the capellans into their cockpits, and they threw them into the New Canton River, the, the mechs. Yeah. And... Uh, Right, and so when Colonel Hokola uh, found out, the commander of 1st Brigade, he came over there, relieved, uh, relieved him. Actually, uh, it was an infantry colonel that was the first on the scene, and it was a very tense moment when she's sitting there as an infantry colonel trying to arrest this mech warrior. Yeah. And But eventually, all the mech warriors kind of moved over to her side, and the colonel stood alone. And so, yeah, the, they cashiered him, but the damage was done. And so for the, since Yeah, then, reputation's ruined at that point. Exactly, and... Even later in the source books, the Fourth Succession War volumes one and two, they mention that their NA, their AFF, AFFS, that's too many Fs, yeah. they, their liaison was sitting there fighting to try and get them supplies, trying to get them, you know, money, trying, you know, because they were about to walk because the Federated Sons was mad at them, but their Federated Sons were also technically breaking the contract. So the, the, right. the Eagles were about to walk. Until you know the LNO managed to convince everything and get them supplies and keep them in the fight, but yeah, the damage was done. Ever, ever since then, you know, the Eagles, they were a Star League descended unit, mm -hmm. and then everybody, and you can see it in the source books as you sit there and you track them through the FM Mercs and stuff like that. Because I, I tell people they keep getting warped, you know. So yeah, it, it you know like in Star Trek Next Generation, anytime you want to show that a bad guy's mean. You have a punch wharf, knock wharf out. And so, you know, so every time, you know, you want to show that somebody's really tough, you have them beat up a, a couple of units, you know, the Eagles, the Crater Cobras, you know. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, there's. Yeah, they, they become, come put the punching bag a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So they're always around to get punched. They're always good enough that defeating them shows how good you are. You know, it's, it's like right. punching wharf. There's still clout. Yep. Yeah, and and that's you know that's something that's crazy, right? That they uh, they went through that uh, and still were able to maintain, you know, two regiments worth of of mechs for a long time after that. Um, mechs supporting infantry, supporting armor. They've got a yes, unit, the seventy big armor big regiment. combined arms, big combined arms unit, yeah. huge combined unit, yeah. and artillery. Um, which yeah. I, I like that it was combined arms and artillery, especially artillery on aerospace fighters. Um, yes. in fact, the, yes, in fact, the rules for like some of the, the special rules for the screaming eagles is that if they have, um, if they have aerospace fighters up, 
they they get like a huge um, plus to their initiative. Um, yeah, plus three to their initiative for a scenario as long as they've got uh, aerospace fighter, fighter cover. So uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so after the fourth succession war, which uh, if you're following along with our, our, our fellow friend podcasts, they're in the, in the midst of it in uh, of Mex and men talking about warrior repost, reposte, whatever. I don't, I don't care how it's said. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm an American. I say repost. Yes, exactly. Uh, but they're talking about it, you know, that then, so it's, it's, this is happening during that time frame, which right. is kind of fun to, th- to think about again, that while all this is going on, while uh, Justin, you know, is, is working in the compelling confederation and, and uh, you know, Andy Redburn and all those guys are, are having these fights. This is going on during that time. And they, you know, have a major defining moment <laughs> for the bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. And it had ripple uh, effects all the way forward. So it does absolutely, absolutely. Um, but there, it's not the only thing. Like uh, soon after, as we go further into history, into the War of Thirty Nine, uh, which I've already read through, but I got to kind of read through some in Heir to the Dragon, uh, the the lore following the Warrior trilogy. We get to see some War of Thirty Nine action and. Uh, the Screaming Eagles had the unfortunate turn of events to face off against two regiments of the Ghost Regiments, which were the, um, you know, the the DCMS's attempt to basically bring in the lower classes, the uh, the Yakuza, into their military to help with their war efforts, uh, and they were all armed with you know, Starly Defense Force mechs and technology. So they destroyed the Eagles. <laughs> um, yeah. They, to be fair, they destroyed everybody they came. I mean, the ghost regiments were, you know, yeah. they went like 12 and 0 or something. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, and so that, that was uh, even more devastating when, as the Eagles continued their downward fall from. Yep. Continue getting war. Yeah. Yeah. First brigade got hammered and second brigade, uh, they almost didn't even get into the, into the fight. They you know, were doing some missions, and then they were told to pull back. The war was over. So yeah, yeah, they they got, but <laughs> unfortunately, they got mauled before that happened. But <laughs> they did, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but then they kind of had the fortunate, if you want to call it that, um, you know, they they did not get demolished during the clan invasion. They actually didn't see a whole lot of action during that time because they were out in the uh, periphery for the Magistry of Canopus and um, moving past that, uh, came back to um, the Federated Sons, Federated Commonwealth. And during the Civil War, they, again, were not necessarily involved heavily in that. Um, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot, though, in that little period there. You know, because, yeah. uh, as you mentioned, right right around the time of the clan invasion, yeah, they got hired by the mock, the Magistry of Canopus. And uh, they were lent to the Compellents, uh, you know, to, for, to fighting up in the Chaos March, you know, during, uh, I guess that would be Guerrilla. After they they were there for the Pirate War, 57 through 58. And then, yeah, they were lent to the, the Compellents to go help them out. 
FASA, you know, they were kicking out books, you know, two, three a year back in the late 90s, you know, mm-hmm. source books. Here. And it was a great time to be alive. It was. Now, every, every so often they would make mistakes. And they made a huge one in there. Uh, I, I, so in the periphery FM, when you sit there and you look under the monarch, you've got the second magistracy cylinders, Nellie's Naughties. And they've got <laughs> a name. picture of an eagle yeah, carrying, holding a globe. When you sit there and you read it, they were working with the first brigade of the screaming eagles and first brigade misjumped and were never heard from again in 3060 just boop just gone yeah but then when you sit there and you read the fm mercs they're like second brigade gets destroyed first brigade breaks her contract and goes to join them it's like whoa how many where did the first do they yeah where did they go where'd they come back from exactly and this is all within like 18 months of each other I mean, literally, yeah, the 1st Brigade dis- jumps out in 3060 and it's never, you know, they miss jump and then they are breaking contracts 24 months later, give or take. So, yeah, it's it's fun. One of these days, I'd love to go back and try and fix that continuity error. You yeah. Know, um, if you, my, my. Theory, A short story of, gonna... of the group that misjumped finding their way back yeah. would be, would be pretty fun. That would be, that would be, that would be. I guess I have two stories. That would be one. Yeah, and then the yeah. other story would be, you know, what what happened. So my theory, this is my just my theory, is that because that's the golden era of merc- mercenaries. I mean, you had the Merc oh, yeah. Supplement. You have Merc Sup 1 and Merc Sup 2. And, you know, I think that the Eagles were trying to build a third regiment, you know, because, because there's no quick way. That's, you know, yeah. I mean – one of the one of the books we read, Sethern said the Eagles always are easy to replace because they're such a storied unit. That makes sense. You know, they were trying to build up their third regiment again that they haven't seen since the first succession war, and once again fate kicks them into Right. And so you know, they lost <laughs> one but were able to kind of replace it within a, a two two year period. That's hey, that's exactly. as good a guess as any, right? <laughs> good as guess as any, you know, to fix the continuity error. So Yeah. But yeah, and the second brigade they were betrayed. They, they got crushed by the Wobblies. And they got crushed because the Capellans told the word of Blake they're there because the 2nd Brigade was actually spying for Davian Intelligence on House Lau. So House yes. Lau set them up for failure. And yeah, just betrayed them. And then the Wobblies came in, killed them. And so, yeah, they had to limp them back to the Federated Sons. Back to the Federated Sons, right. I mean, what a crazy... I mean, and that's... All that stuff about the 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 the, the Lao and the Word of Blake is just like in the the FM update. It's like yeah, it's it's a short blurb. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like so much happens. It's like this is amazing. Yeah, and and, you it, and a whole novel. Oh, easily several. On that, yeah, on that whole page. That's one page. You know. Absolutely, um, and yeah, that like I said, I I'd read those novels. <laughs> I, I so would, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, after that, like I said, they, they went into the Fedcom civil war, uh, after that, and they were in the Draconis March. They sat out, yeah. They <laughs> sat out, which is great for them because they didn't get mauled anymore. Yeah, no um, no and then during the Blakest era, um, during their special time, <laughs> uh, they were part of, uh, the group that went to strike at the Outworlds Alliance. Right. Yeah, they got orders to uh, to jump into the because in, in, they were told that there was a Word of Blake unit there, 
And it turns out there wasn't. It was the Snow Ravens and the Outworlds Alliance. And so they fought their way in, fought their way out, jumped home, but they'd already been predicted there. So they had to fight their way through the, the Ravens again to, to finally land and re- relieve their, uh, even say, left behind to protect their dependents. So. Always with the dependents, right? And that's bad. That's, that's bad blood. I would love to go back and write also. You know, oh, yeah. actually, I had a story set during that fight, but not set with the Davian units, not the not the screaming eagles. But yeah, yeah. eagles versus ravens. Yeah, <laughs> that's a well, I, would love to write. I mean, after after your your story here with the Skulga foxes, it's not out of the realm of possibility, right? It's yeah, yeah. you know the 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 sea foxes don't like the ravens either, so you know yeah. They've, they've never had love for them. So, uh, but yeah, um, so they, they got mauled again for that and then yeah. basically just kind of survived, uh, right. literally just kind of person. surviving. So they, they were down to four battalions when they jumped in, when they did that attack, they took three into the OA, they left one behind and they, they limped out of the Blake according to field, not field manual field report. Yes. Report AFFS yes. lists them as at two battalions in strength. So give or take about 30, 80, 30, 85. They're down to two battalions plus uh, essentially a combined arms regiment. Yeah. Well, and yeah, they just kind of survived from that point forward. Yeah, absolutely. And it's still the same um, commander from the, or the family of the commander from the family. Yeah. Uh, the family. Fourth succession war. Um, how do you say his name again? I say it Hokala. Hokala. That's how H-O-K-A-L-A. I say it now too. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, <laughs> hey, you're the author, right? The pronunciation starts with you. Maybe. <laughs> we'll go with until, that. Yes. We'll go, until someone from from CGL says otherwise. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Well, then. Um. Yeah, we we covered all that. So now, now this new novel, uh, Ascolka Foxes, is in the Ill Clan era. Is in the Ill Clan era. Um, I'm what super is it? Excited. Oh man, yeah, me too. And and like I said, uh, I thank you so much for the opportunity to read it uh, to early and also to reveal the cover. Uh, definitely honored yeah. by that. Thank you. Uh, thanks to all the CGL people as well who. Yep. said I who told who this told you it was okay <laughs> thank yeah, you this, this uh john helfers and uh, yeah john helfers and everybody else i, I appreciate it so uh, super pumped and uh but yeah this is an ill ill clan era story what about uh what about that do you want people to to know ahead of time to be kind of excited for uh well first of all i am not bringing this unit back that's important, you know, because a lot of, you know, a lot of stories like the GDL, uh, you know, like they came back. Uh, the Light Horse, it kind of came back. You know, they'd been there, but kind of, um, if a unit isn't dead, if they're not declared dead, they're out there still kicking. So, it, you know, it's, it leaves a lot of space for authors like me who want to find new ground to play in. You know, so, and I always, like I said, I, these guys had always kind of pinged in my brain. So, uh, this story... I'm super excited for it. It's in the Ilkland era. It's out kind of on the edge of space. And I'm really hoping that people like it and give it a chance. Because the Sea Foxes, when people talk about the Sea Foxes, they're talking about what the cons are doing and what the AMAGs are doing. And this is not at that level. 
This is oh no, uh, like, yeah. This yeah. this is a, a poor merchant and a watch agent trying to keep things from utterly exploding underneath them. Yeah, and, yeah, and the the, the egos kind of get wrapped up into all of it, you know. So absolutely, but you know, I, I really like um, again without spoilers. I I, I really like That's how it is a uh, small view of what sea foxes are doing all over the inner sphere, right? Because right. it is, you know, it is a a, a small sea fox command uh, merchant commander who is applying business, you know, um, tr- trade goods, you know, talking about all the little things that get traded, right? Um, and how those, you know, are affected. Um, I, I do like that little kind of microcosm look at it. Um, and then also how the eagles uh, are brought into it. I think it's it's very much a, you know, um, opportunity for both the Eagles and, and the, the sea Fox merchant in the story, uh, to come out of it. And so I think, yeah, I think it's fantastic. Um, I love seeing how you put, you know, portrayed the Eagles as here, we're here and we're surviving and we're surviving by the skin of our teeth, but we're surviving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, I really wanted to give that feel of that. Yeah. They've just been hanging on for decades and decades and decades, kind of getting kicked around. And until this opportunity comes up to go somewhere different, try working for someone else. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, well, let's uh, let's talk about mechs because that's also why we're yes. always here, right? Uh, so always obviously there are no force packs. Yes, there are no force packs for the Screaming Eagles. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping that you know everybody buys this story, yeah. loves it so much. It seems no force packs yet, right? So right. we're gonna we're gonna. We're going to define what is our ideal Screaming Eagles force pack. Uh, we're going to follow a little bit of the the, the methods that they use uh, for force packs now, which is a repose of an existing mech, a variant of an existing mech, a jumping version, and then a new mech. And then um, with recent announcements, there has been um, vehicles added in for like the Star League packs. And I thought fitting for being a, you know, Star League historical unit, let's throw in a, let's throw in a vehicle or something too. So, um, I'll give mine first. Um, and if you're fine with it, we'll talk about, you know, the fact that these are all, uh, mechs in the fiction. Absolutely. Okay. I love that we went at different different directions. We did. We did. So I went with... Yes, I went with, uh, after reading uh, Jason's uh, novella here, reading Eskulka Foxes, I went with, you know what? Let's go with the Ill Clan era um, Screaming Eagles. Because as far as some of the the history is concerned, there's nothing. There's nothing uh, saying, oh, they used a lot of units from the AFS, you know, the, the, the Federated Sons. Which, you know, you could definitely go there because they were working with them a lot, but they, but there's nothing that says it. There's nothing that says, Oh, they used a lot of this type of mech. Uh, they don't, they don't even list mechs for those old commanders as, Oh, this was their mech. Um, but, um, in this novel, we've got, uh, a lot of star Corps mechs. 
uh, because they are involved. I won't say how, but uh, first we have uh, for a repose, I chose something that you included, which nobody probably thought would be included. And everyone who hears this is going to be like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Everybody in your brain is listening. Think for a second, the craziest mech that you can think would be in this story. And you're going to be wrong. You're still going to be wrong. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, but it's the antlion. Okay. Uh, if you don't know what the antlion is, because I had to go look it up as well. Uh, it is a, uh, a quad mech. It is a four legged mech. And it's not just any four-legged mech. It is a four-legged mech specifically designed to deal with vehicles and infantry. Uh, it's got a couple mech mortars on it and a couple uh, light machine guns. And so, yeah, it's uh, I love how it's portrayed in the, in the fiction. I think that's fantastic. Um, and it's new enough that I was like, you know what? It doesn't necessarily need a re-sculpt. I think the sculpt looks good. But a repose, I think, would, would definitely be be in order. So um, then uh, for my variant, I chose the King Crab. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, it is the mech on the cover of the fiction. It is the only artwork that we have for the Screaming Eagles because before now there has not been any artwork for the screaming eagles and in fact the only image associated with the screaming eagles other than their logo has been a camo specs banshee that somebody painted for the screaming eagles in all of drab and that's it <laughs> so i chose the king crab um and i chose um variant i think it's uh hold on this is the only one we had in common. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. So that was funny. You, uh, when you you posted yours, I was like, "Yes." Yeah, it, it's funny that we both picked as a variant, specifically the king. Crab. Specifically, yes. Um, first, I want to say I do like the variant you picked for the for the fiction, right? It's uh, two Gauss rifles, two Gauss rifles, two large pulse, and some streak twos. I do like that. And it is a variant off of kind of your standard king crab. However, the one that I thought would be fun to have, uh, we could obviously go with that one. I think that's the O ten is the one that's in the in the fiction. Double O one, I think, is in the fiction. Oh, have to look it up. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Yes, yes, it's the clan buster. So uh, that's the one in the fiction. But I picked for the variant just because I thought it would be way different. Um, I picked the uh, 009. Which one is that one? <laughs> uh, well, the, part of the reason is because it it is one of the primary ones manufactured by StarCore after 3104. And it is... Uh, it's pretty crazy. It's got a heavy duty gyro. So, you know, it's not falling over. Oh, is this it's got, it is a fun one. It is a fun one. It has, uh, two light auto cannon fives. Oh, okay. Um, uh, it has two plasma rifles and then it has two seven tube MML launchers as well as a medium laser, uh, in, in each torso. So, 
I went, what is one that's going to look completely different? <laughs> and that's the one that I chose. Completely different. Completely yeah, different. Um, so, you know, just for fun, that's what I, I, what love I picked. It. That would make, that would be a fascinating thing to see in right? the lens pack. Just looking right at you. And it's crazy too, because it, um, it has ECM as well. So, you know, protection of there. Of course it does. Why not? Right. It has a small cockpit, which is a little interesting. I mean, that's just a quirk thing, you know, really. But it says, despite all that, it's very popular with Lyran officers. So, in the Dark Age and Ill Clan era, like leading up. So, oh, fun. What a, what a cool variant. I did not yeah. pick that same one. Well, we didn't think Very we would pick the same one, but <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. But uh, okay, and then for jumping, for my jumping mech, I chose the Hermit Crab again because in the fiction, uh, some of the primary players are the King Crab and the Hermit Crab because they're both manufactured on the world where the story is set by Starcorp, and so uh, that's why I had the Antlion, King Crab, and Hermit Crab. They're all Starcorp mechs. Uh, I just thought that was fun, and then. Uh, a non-Starcore mech that I wanted to include, which you only gave a brief mention in the story, was a Rook. Just name check it. Yes, I know. I had to like go find it too, but it's a Rook. And uh, I was looking at the Rook and I was like, huh, okay. Uh, it's kind of a an old school... It, to me, it had like an old school vibe as like, this is a survivable mech. It's not fast, which, you know, none of the Succession War era mechs were fast. It's almost like we went back to that where it's a it's a a 65 tonner. Uh, it only goes, you know, 64 kph, which is slow compared to all the mechs that have like XL engines and stuff. But it's decently armored and it's decently rugged and reliable and it's got some decent weapons. It's almost like the heavy. I don't know. I don't know why. And people will probably throw a fit about it. But it kind of made me think of like a modern era heavy urban mech. Yes. I, w I <laughs> was thinking the exact same thing. That's nice. exactly how yes. I would describe it. And um, yes, I, the Rook is a great, sturdy militia slash merc unit. I mean, absolutely. Unit, like the Calhouns or, you know, units that are all flash and dazzle. You know, for yeah. units that you sit there and hire to protect your border, they drive, they drive Rooks. Absolutely. And, and that's that's the thing, right, is that part of this is, you know, the Ill Clan era uh, technology. But at the same time, the Screaming Eagles, they've been surviving. They've got to pick things that have that that are you know survivable, that are easy to fix. And, um, you know, they've been they've been doing a lot of garrison work. So also yeah. makes sense there, yeah. too. So, yeah, so those are those are my mechs in the Lance. And then. Um, because it makes an appearance in the fiction, I picked the Gladius, but not the Gladius. Um, well, you didn't really give a specification on which one, but I picked the Mark II because it's way mm -hmm. different than uh, than the art. It has a, a plethora of weapon variety there. So, uh, but the Gladius hover tank. Uh, so, Mark II thought it was pretty cool, um, and. Uh, Again, definitely something that is, especially now, uh, could be seen within the ranks of the uh, Screaming Eagles. So, but Jason, what are your uh, mechs that you have for the Force Pack? All right, I uh, as we as we mentioned, we went different, totally different routes. And for my goal for this notional Force Pack was that 
theoretically a player could play it through the entire history of the Screaming Eagles. You could you could go from Singapore to my story with Absolutely. the same Lance Patton. So, uh, so I busted out the a, an older manual, which really I think is a good one for kind of covering the spread of the Succession Wars slash also like early Succession Wars, mm-hmm. which is Tiro thirty thirty nine. It's an it's an oddball one from early the two nice. thousands, but. So for my repos, I picked, oh, and I call this the Inner Sphere Littoral Assault Lance. Love it. You know, Littoral. Yeah. So for my repos is an awesome, because I think an awesome is only available, I think, in like a guard. I, I'm not sure if it's only available in a uh, game of armor combat, but it, it's not really out there. I don't think there's very many. Of You're right. There, so. It's definitely in the game of armor combat. I'm trying. I'm having a hard time remembering if it's in something else. Right. And so I wanted, you know, I, I feel like certain mechs should be in force packs every so often. So play, new players coming in can buy new other force pack, but also get an awesome. So for my repos was an awesome and also because awesomes are awesome. It's in the name. Oh, and absolutely. Those are sturdy mechs that will last for 400 years. So variant. I also picked the king crab. Like as you did. However, I there's something in the tier row thirty thirty nine that's amazing, and all, and it's kind of stuck with me. And it so th- we're discussing the uh, the King Crab zero one zero is listed in the tier row thirty thirty nine. It's got twin LBX tens and ERPPCs. And what's neat about it, though, in the, the description of it says it's got specific heat baffles to help blow the heat out the back from the PPCs. The PPCs okay. are also mounted. Nice. And they, they it blows the heat out the back. And I think that would look really cool in a force pack. So yeah. you know and then of course then you can because you can just proxy it in for any king crab. But yeah, as a variant I thought a, a zero one zero would be really cool. Jumping. Catapult. Yeah, uh, just everybody loves catapults. Catapults yes, jump for sure. is one of the really good features of them. And also I was running <laughs> Between the original Kickstarter and the modern, the new Kickstarter, most of the really cool jumping mechs have been taken. So I was going through, I'm like, okay, well, what's left? I hate saying it like that, but I'm like, ooh, the catapult. I mean, we're talking about a very durable heavy, and which long and with the four medium lasers is a tough fighter. So, uh, so that was my jumping one. So for new, I came this close to also picking the hermit crab. I, I really I'd love <laughs> to have a comic crab in plastic. Right, right. But I went, I went hinky. I, I went, I went kind of a deeper cut, and I picked the last viper. You know, the third viper for those keeping in track at home. You know, there's the, yes. the clan viper, then there's the other clan viper, and now there's the new inner sphere viper mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Guide Thirty Two, the one with the blazers. So you know, blazer boys rise up. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but it's also a mech that's been there for the entire time. It, it, it was in like the six, uh, Star League, and it was, you know, so it's a mech you could put on the table and sit there and say, okay, we're playing the second succession war with the Eagles. So those are my four mechs, the Awesome, the King Crab, the Catapult, and the Viper. And for vehicle, I also decided to be a little little fun. Um, <laughs> I saw that. Back in, the, back in the original book, I always loved the description. And then uh, Ben... He, he wrote a great story in Shrapnel featuring one. So I put in the Monitor Naval Vessel. Yes, Just fantastic. I mean, we, we've got tanks. We've got helicopters. I don't think we have a boat yet. So this, this Lance, you know, Hans's Put Lance it in pack, there. Hans's dream, Hans's dream Lance Pack. 
I'd put the monitor naval vessel in there. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that story, if you haven't read it, is amazing. You should go check it out. Absolutely so. great. Um, he, ben absolutely captured the feel of a swamp. I mean, you could read the story and almost smell oh, yeah. your nose. Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. And it worked great. It worked great. Yeah. So real good. Um, awesome. Well, there are our there are our force packs for the Screaming Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, and super excited to again be showing off the cover for a Skulka Foxes. Uh, it should be releasing soon, in quotes, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I, make sure that you pick it up when it comes out. It's a lot of fun, and it's it's a, another great mercenary story uh, set in the old clan. So, um, Jason, again, thank you for letting me preview it. Thank you for letting me be the reveal for this cover. Um, it well, is, again, thank you for having me. I've, an I've, honor. I, I enjoy the show. I'm, thank I'm a you. fan. You know, I've, I've been waiting to sit there and talk about these guys. And you know, absolutely, so. thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you for uh, coming on here and chatting. I'm gonna. Uh, that's all the time we have for now. So I'm going to give us uh, a wrap up here. Uh, if you are looking for a force pack that does exist, be sure to check out our sponsor, Fortress Miniatures and Games. So you can check them out at fortressminiaturesandgames.com. Uh, also, if you have a friendly local game store, don't forget to support them. And, um, you know, it's important uh, and, you know, have them get more Battletech because more Battletech is better for all of us, right? Um, and then um, also don't forget to uh, check out the book when it comes out. All right, sorry, I gotta gotta throw up the the splash screen for Fortress Managers Games here in the presentation. Um, of course, uh, they they are fantastic. Definitely appreciate them. Uh, yes, but, absolutely. I met I was, met them for uh, Southern Assault Three. Yes, yes, they're they're there. Um, I believe they're one of the hosts for that. So um, yeah, they're the host for it. And, uh, good company, good people. So yeah. Uh, but again, thank you, Jason. Thank you, uh, Catalyst Game Labs, for allowing me to reveal this. It'll be posted on the internet and um, for all to see and enjoy. And uh, we will see you next time.